Well, good morning, church. Let me make a slight correction to that. <laughs> uh, Pastor Greg's not in the hospital. Well, yes and no. No, uh, Pastor Greg, he is, um, he is battling uh, something going on with his foot. And he uh, was thinking about last night as we were talking with the elders uh, and we were having some text conversations about he, he can barely stand, let alone get a, foot, a shoe on or anything. And so he's in extreme pain. It's related to uric acid and, and gout of some kind. And he thought he was on the mend, uh, but he uh, unfortunately yesterday was in severe pain. And uh, the hospital part is partly true. He was expected to go this morning to the walk-in at Cleveland Clinic and because um, we were concerned, could it be something else? And so I think he's just choosing to, to rest on it and see what happens. But needless to say, uh, he's not here today. And so we're not going to be in Acts today. But sometimes the Holy Spirit works and guides and the Lord moves in different ways. And as we were texting last night in the elder thread, just talking about what we feel he should do and not do, we thought what a perfect opportunity the week prior to Thanksgiving to have more of a Thanksgiving service. And we're going to have four elders, um, pastor elders today, going to share a devo devotionals uh, that relate to Thanksgiving. And we're also going to open it up to a time of testimony. Perhaps there's something that's happened in your life or that is happening in your life that, um, that you're grateful for, that you want to be to express gratitude to the Lord for. And we did this about a year ago. Some of you might have remembered we did this, and it was a wonderful opportunity where people would come forward right to here, keeping it relatively brief and just expressing God's, their gratitude for what God has done in their life or is doing in their life. And that really is part of what the body does. Uh, it's very affirming to the body. It's uh, hearing, uh, having situations like that where you hear what God is doing is encouraging. Uh, the scripture is replete with, with, with conversations about that, about looking back at the mercies of the Lord and what he's done for us. It's a very encouraging time. So what we're going to do today, again, we've got uh, four elders are going to be speaking uh, in different consecutive orders, and there will be a time of sharing, um, and we'll also do another song towards the end. But what I'd like to do is start with um, Marshall Pennell. He's going to do a video broadcast because he is in Malta right now. And, uh, but he recorded it early this morning and is going to join us from, uh, for, with a video. And uh, so we'll start with that. And, uh, and, but before I do that, before we start the video, I'd like to go ahead and release the kids. I almost forgot. Um, so let's release the children. And we're so grateful to have them in our congregation. Isn't that wonderful? Yep. You know, we had a, we had a new member class this past week. Uh, I think there were 13 people in the new member class. It was a wonderful class. And the, the joy of the class is that in that class, we had young kids in there that, were, that came with their parents. And we also had a baby that was a, a newly, and, and it was just it was a beautiful sign of a growing church. And it's, I love the kids, and we're so grateful for all the leadership that we have. So um, it's wonderful. Well, at this time, I'd like to go ahead and direct your attention to the screen. And that's where uh, Marshall is going to give, uh, he's going to give a kind of a, uh, an explanation as to where he is, and then he's also going to give a, a brief devotional uh, that's related to Thanksgiving. Okay, church? All right. Good morning, church. This is Sunday morning. I'm recording this on uh, November 20th. It's uh, just a few minutes after 11 a.m., so yes, I am coming to you from the future, so you better listen up carefully. 
I'm uh, in Malta this morning, and uh, we've just been having a, a wonderful time of worship this morning with a group of great, great leaders of ministries from around the world who are meeting here in Malta with us this week. The focus of our meetings is just to pray for other meetings that we're going to have here a year from now. In November of 2023, we gathered a group of, of leaders together to pray about the meetings we're having next year. And I, there's something about that that I like. Worshiping together and uh, and praying with, with strong followers of Christ who are having a huge impact in their own nations all over the world. So uh, just a few days ago, in fact three days ago, uh, we were in Israel. It's interesting when I think about it that uh, we were at Caesarea, in fact... Uh, just a few days ago, I stood in the ruins of Herod's castle at Caesarea Maritime, the exact place where the Apostle Paul was being held captive during those years that we have been studying in the last chapters of the book of Acts over the last few weeks or so. And uh, it was so incredibly meaningful for me. There's actually a spot there. I have a picture that Jessica took of me, a spot there that they say is the very room where Paul was held captive, I stood in that room. And I mean, there's no, not a room there anymore, it was just a foundation. And, uh, but it was really, really cool to experience that. And then you know what happened next. Uh, Paul left Caesarea because he had appealed to Rome and, uh, and he took off in his ship with 276 people, I think. And the ship ran into a storm. Uh, that storm lasted 14 days out on the ocean where these seasoned sailors feared for their lives and uh, 14 days they floundered and then they washed ashore right out here behind me on the island of Malta. Isn't that incredible? So a couple of days ago I was in Caesarea where Paul was and then I took an easier route. I jumped on a plane and, uh, and came to Malta, the same place where he washed ashore in, uh, in that shipwreck that we, uh, we would be studying today. If Pastor Greg wasn't, uh, wasn't sick, he'd be teaching us that today. So uh, then next, uh, Jessica and I are going to Sicily, Syracuse or Syracusa, Sicily, which is the next place Paul went when he left Malta. We didn't plan this as a way to follow Paul's journeys. It's just sort of the way that our, uh, our work unfolded during these couple of weeks. And uh, we're really privileged to be able to do that. But I miss being with our church family this morning. And I'm praying for you all as you meet this morning. I know Pastor Greg is ill, not able to, to stand up and preach this morning. And uh, I've been in communication on the text thread with all of the elder team planning out what was going to happen today. So I prepared this little piece. Uh, I don't have a lot to say. I'm not going to preach a sermon. That would be no fun to watch on video. I just wanted to say a couple of things. One of them was... As I mentioned in a video that, uh, that I prepared last week, um, we have someone from our congregation who is eager to help move forward our future facilities fund. We have just over a million dollars that we've been able to set aside over the last several years so that when God opens the door for us to buy a facility for our church, a home for Bureau Bible Fellowship, we'll have some money in the bank ready to actually make a move and make a deal. So but we're going to need more than a million dollars to get the facility that we'll need. And so uh, this individual has set out a challenge uh, for anyone who would like to join him or her. I'm not even sure who it is. It was done anonymously. Uh, but this individual has said that if we can raise $50,000 from among our congregation between now and Christmas, 
then this individual will match it. So if we raise fifty thousand, they'll give fifty thousand to make it a hundred thousand uh, dollars. If we can only raise thirty, they'll only give thirty. They'll give whatever we can match. So if you would like to give to that future facilities fund, you can just mark your uh, mark your gift, put it in the offering box, and uh, and we'll make sure it's counted. Now, a couple of things I want to tell you about that I'm thankful for this morning, because uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. In fact, Jessica and I will we won't be home for Thanksgiving. We'll be in uh, in Sicily. Uh, Syracuse where Paul went uh, for Thanksgiving I don't know what the pilgrims ate when they went to, to Sicily uh, probably turkey because turkey is just like real close by there or if, anyhow that, that was a joke which I enjoyed very much but I'm sure none of you laughed at uh, so here's what I'm thankful for this morning I'm thankful that uh, that I sorry about that uh, move with the, the, the camera what I'm thankful for this morning a couple of things one I'm thankful that there are people in the body of Christ all over the world. And when I say people, I'm, I'm talking about obviously the, the followers, the, the, the servants, the, the disciples. But I'm also talking about the leaders. Do you know that in every country around the world, there are people who God has equipped and prepared to be spiritual leaders, to be theologians, to be people who are preachers, who are preaching the gospel. Sometimes we tend to think of uh, other countries as being backwards, and many of them, frankly, are. I've been to a lot of those places. Uh, but even in the most backwards countries, as far as the things that we would find comfortable in life, God has people who he has trained, prepared to be people who understand the word of God in depth and in richness and know God and his nature and his character and are preaching that and teaching that and leading others to Christ they're not backwards in their theology. They're not backwards in their relationship with God. They're strong leaders who are leading people to Christ. I'm thankful for that and thankful that even like this, this morning, I've been meeting with a whole group of them, praying, crying out to God, asking for him to move and to show us his, himself and his work and his glory as, as we together are seeking to, to spread his word among the nations. I'm thankful for that. Another thing I'm thankful for is my home church. Thankfully, God has allowed Jessica and I to be part of a body of believers in Vero Beach, Florida, where we are nurtured, where we are fed. People there who pray for us and that we can pray for. You know that the, uh, the, the elder team constantly throughout every single day, it'd be rare that there would be a day that's missed, that we're passing along prayer requests back and forth for the people of our church and praying for the people of our church. And we have our meetings where we pray together. I get to be a part of that. I'm blessed because I'm so grateful, so thankful for that. The last thing I want to mention, I'm so thankful for my family, uh, for, for my parents, my siblings, my, my uh, children, three, three children and, and their spouses, my ten grandchildren. I spent time this morning praying, crying out to God, lifting them up, asking for God's blessing on them. I'm so grateful that God has given me a family to, to be a part of. Uh, the last thing before I left uh, Fort Pierce uh, a week and a half ago, I was with my dad, who's 87 years old, a pastor. You've heard me talk about him before. So grateful for my mom and dad. And my dad isn't able to really get up without help, but he had me bend over. He put his hands on me, prayed uh, for God's blessing on me before I left on this trip. I won't have that forever. You know, dad's not going to last forever. But I'm so grateful that on that day, I got to have my dad put his hands on me, pray for God to bless me and keep me and make his face to shine upon me and give me peace. I'm so grateful for that. 
I trust that your hearts are filled with gratefulness this morning as well, more than anything else, grateful for the Savior. Because if we didn't have that relationship with God, if there was not a Redeemer who paid the price with his blood so that we could be right, have a right relationship between us, imperfect creatures, and God who is holy and perfect and un unable to accept unholiness or imperfection aside from the atonement of the blood of Christ. If we didn't have that, it, we wouldn't be able to talk to God or enjoy his blessings or enjoy fellowship with him. We'd be able, if you have questions, read Ephesians chapter 2. It tells you very clearly the situation that we would be in if it wasn't for the Savior. I'm thankful for the Savior. I'm thankful for you. God bless you, friends, and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you and give you peace. Well, good morning, everyone. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving in advance. So good to see each and every one of you. Uh, my name is Ray Garcia. I'm one of the co-laborers here at Vero Bible Fellowship. Um, and I would just like to start us off by um, just sharing a devotion with you about a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Psalm 50:23 says... He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me today and every day, of course, but especially today as we gather with this theme of thanksgiving. Offer the Father a sacrifice of thanksgiving, even if everything in your life seems like it's going awry and you're feeling discouraged. Praise him anyway. Amen. How do you do this? Deliberately look for reasons to be grateful, even in the most difficult of your circumstances. Review all the ways he's helped you in the past. Rejoice in his character. Rejoice in his love. Rejoice in the salvation that he has freely given you. List Actually make a list. List all the blessings that you can think of which are yours in Christ Jesus. Personalize the promises that the Lord has made you in his word. And ask the spirit of God to bring his truth to life as you seek to exalt him throughout the day. As you consider the many, many great blessings the Lord has given you, you will certainly find your heart full of thanks and praise, not only for what God has done for you, but for what he will continue to do in the future. So set your heart to worship God and honor him by exalting his name. I'd like to read this short psalm. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving 
and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Amen? All right. Um, with that, we want to continue today to uh, set apart this day. Again, this is what the Holy Spirit, Lord had, uh, he had a different plan for us today. Uh, but we're going to set this part, this day apart, not just to reflect on the goodness of the Lord, but also to encourage one another. We're going to be encouraging one another by sharing testimonies of how the Lord is moving in your life. Uh, whether it be, and think about this, whether it be in your marriages, through struggles, through trials, in your workplace, in your relationship with your family and friends, however, whatever the Lord impresses upon in your heart. But before we do that, I want to instruct you on um, the ABCs of sharing. A, it has to be audible. Okay, so hold the mic close up to your mouth and speak up. You'll find a lot of people that'll start doing this down here and you have no idea what they're saying. So make sure you please hold the microphone up to your mouth so that you're audible. Be brief, brief, please. Pre keep your time of sharing brief so that others can have an opportunity to share as well. And most importantly, see, your testimony should be Christ-centered. Enough said about that. Um, and so from there, we'll continue on in our time of worship and thanksgiving. I'm just going to go ahead and bring this down here so that folks, this will be an option. I'm going to have you use this handheld mic so that way you don't have to worry about adjusting this up and down. I know that some people are vertically challenged and uh, some are not. So anyway, at this time, we'd like to just... Um, Again, just call some folks up. Harry, all right. You're breaking the ice for us here. Let me go ahead. On 9-11, on 2001, I was sitting on the back porch of my house, just minding my own business, and all of a sudden, God touched me. I broke down in tears, and I couldn't figure out why I was crying, but there were, there were tears of happiness of what he had done for me. And there were tears of the bad things that I'd done in my life that I repented from them. And on that day, as my life changed, it continues to change today. And my job here on earth today is to reach out to the lost. And God bless every one of you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Well, this could be a very short service. And you can stand right here so they can pick you up. Uh, my name is Don Drew. I'm here with my lovely wife, Jane. We moved um, from southern Florida up here last October and had been part of a, a church in a home with a great pastor and continued that. But, but we had a situation where the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling. So we were actually at the Vero Beach Air Show last year, and Pastor Greg gave the prayer. And which eventually, about six months ago, five months ago, led us to Vero Beach um, Vero Bible Fellowship. And um, it w was it been amazing because 
um, God is so good and God is always faithful. And we are so grateful for Pastor Greg and our new family here. So we thank you all. You've been welcoming us uh, immensely. Uh, one other thing I just want to share is that my last name is Drew, and if you follow that, it goes back actually to one of the first um, on in Plymouth Plantation. And I had a, a client years ago who actually traced it back, and I actually go back to England. Well, my wife's maiden name is Adams. She's actually a descendant of John Adams. So this time of year, every year, Thanksgiving has a special meaning for us because the religious freedoms that we have in this country, okay, are the result of our ancestors' sacrifice actually to come here and this great country, which is still, and we still have to fight for our religious freedoms, but we are so blessed, every one of us, that we live in this country and have this freedom to celebrate and give glory to God for everything that he has done and continues to do. And I thank you all. All right. Brother Chris. Uh, good morning. My name is uh, Chris. And uh, I'd like to tell you how thankful I am for the brokenness in my life. And you know, the brokenness that I've experienced in my life was not the end of me, it was the beginning. It was the beginning of a new life that God has always wanted me to have. And I'm in the midst of that right now, and I keep telling my friends that uh, if I have another year to live or another 10 years to live, they're going to be the best years that I've ever lived. Because God has, is doing a work in my heart that has never been done before. And I think back of all those years in the past that I missed it, but now I got it. I've got it. Once and for all. Thank you, Lord. All right. To have someone else come down. Don't make me call on you. <laughs> like the teachers used to say. All right. Good morning, church. I've had a very uh, tough year, and uh, I, I want to thank, one, the family here for being with me and, and encouraging me. Uh, of course, I, I give special thanks, one, to my wife, because <laughs> although I suffered through some of these things for a year, she was by my side, and she took care of me, and... Uh, and there's another guy who, who was over him and his wife, Richard. Uh, they, they, they encouraged me and, and called me, regularly encouraged me. Uh, so I, I thank God that he, one, blessed all the doctors that worked on me. But I know it was Jesus Christ who has healed me. And uh, I'm here today with you, and I give thanks that I can be. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Hi, I'm Bob Stratton. I, I do give thanks for every member of our fellowship at Vero Beach. No, Vero Bible Fellowship. 
but what I'm thankful, what I want to give thanks for today is uh, the, the Kairos prison ministry, which I'm involved. Uh, yesterday we had the Kairos reunion, 121 men uh, there praising the Lord uh, uh, with song and listening testimony and, and sharing in small groups just like we, we sometimes do here. Uh, I just want to point out to you that these are people who are murderers, rapists, armed robbers, uh, drug-addicted alcoholics that uh, have driven their cars in the people and killed them, uh, yet they are, have the opportunity to have a new life. And uh, not that they don't need to be there. They certainly do. Uh, but uh, to be there with fellows that are uh, in Christ uh, that are also prisoners is what the Kairos Prison Ministry is. So anybody who wants to get involved in the Kairos Prison Ministry, uh, let me know. There is Kairos outside. So if any one of you have a uh, man that is incarcerated or has been incarcerated, uh, there, there is a group of women that put on a Kairos program, a four-day program for any woman who is a family member or friend of somebody incarcerated called Kairos Outside, and you can contact me. It's a wonderful program to be involved with or to volunteer for. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, we give praise to the Lord. All right, got a young man here. Hello, uh, my name is Felipe. I'm with the uh, Teen Challenge Boys. And I recently had a mission trip to El Salvador this month. And as far as things that I'm thankful for, um, I mean, after going in that third world country for a week, I'm thankful for having running water, I'm thankful for toilets that flush, and for not being afraid to, you know, like walk the streets at night. And I don't want to be able to, you know, just take that all for granted. So thanks for having me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ron? Good morning. Hey, Ron Carruthers here. First, I want to do something that I don't usually get to do, and that's to thank everyone when we put together the Teen Challenge dinner. We, we, it takes a few days, a month to two months to get it together, but I never really get to personally thank anyone. And first, I want to thank the Lord for every opportunity that he gives us to serve others. And um, so I thank you, the ones that contribute, the ones that serve, the ones that play a, a big part of what we do there for these boys. And uh, this morning I wrote down, and this is something for the young guys here, and I, I haven't had really a good opportunity to, to be a part with them of late because of what the transportation or whatever is going on there. But this morning... Um, and I want to say this, and I'll say it on Thursday. Today, fellas, we're, we're going to serve you for the success of a godly life in Christ. Tomorrow, and for, the, for your lifetime, we want you to learn how to serve others. And that's the greatest victory that you guys could have, being a part and having the opportunity to get your life back on track. So thank you. Praise the Lord.
was a good lead-in. Um, you know, I think we all have, if we wrote down all the thanks we should have to God, we couldn't write a book. We could probably write millions of books, who knows. But um, I'm thankful for the church first. Well, I'm thankful to God, number one. Let me, let me give credit where it's due, because it always belongs to Jesus. No matter what, it always belongs to Jesus. No matter what we do, it belongs to him. God owns everything. So uh, let me say, first of all, I'm thankful to the, to the church for taking care of the guys when they come in on Sundays. Um, you guys are a blessing. Putting on a nice Thanksgiving dinner, and that's just a, it's a dinner, which is great, but it's the heart behind it, so I want to thank all of you. Um, I thank God for blessings that not only does he allow us to wake up in the morning and get us through the day, and some days are better than others, amen, but he gives us purpose, and I thank him for purpose, that he gives us purpose on a daily basis. When you fulfill his purpose, you're fulfilling his will, and I'm thankful to the young men that we have here, um, each from different places, each with different mindsets and attitudes uh, and different gifts and abilities, and um, I'm thankful to God that he has me here. I've been at this facility, well, at this Teen Challenge for over a year, almost a year and a half now, um, and seen a fair amount of kids come and go, uh, but ultimately, we're here to serve, just like it's been said, I think you said earlier, we're here to serve. Jesus said, I came to serve others. So if we can have that servant attitude, and I'm so grateful God's kept me here, and, and whatever he wants to do, he gets everything. So thank you, Jesus. I'm going to represent the women today, I guess. <laughs> um, my daughter's not here, but I think one of the greatest things to tell people is about a miracle that actually happened. Because that lets you know that there is a God. There is a good God. Um, my daughter, Cindy, um, she grew up in the Church of God. We've been around for probably 50 years. But anyhow, um, she was uh, diagnosed with uh, thyroid cancer in uh, December of last year. And she had a biopsy here, and it proved that uh, it was inconclusive. And she kept saying to me, Mom, God keeps telling me to go to the Mayo. So she went up to the Mayo, and uh, they did a biopsy, and it was positive. And a few weeks later, the surgeon called her, um, and he said, I just don't like the look of the lymph glands on the left side. Could you come back? So she went back, and she had a biopsy on the lymph glands, and they came out positive. So that meant that it was going to be like a stage 3 or a stage 4 cancer because it got out of its source. So anyhow, um, the day before, she had her surgery May 10th, and the day before, the surgeon came in and he said to her, uh, you have a tumor in your parathyroid. I'm going to have to remove it also. So it was going to be quite an extensive operation. And so we were in the little room that they put you in, and the surgeon came down, and he was telling us, you know, all what he did. And so um, he said, she, for a long time, she had this feeling that she was strangling, and he said that the operation took so long because he had to gently maneuver 
she had had, um, about two years before, she had five vertebrae replaced, and the scar tissue wove itself around her vocal cords, so he had to gently maneuver the scar tissue out from under there. Anyhow, so I said to him, doctor, what about the uh, parathyroid? And he said, no, he says, I got in there, and he says, there was no tumor. And so I went into recovery, and I told Cindy about it, and she says, Mom, he showed it to me on the CAT scan just, just this morning. And I said, well, we're going to claim that as a miracle then, okay? So uh, we were all rejoicing, and she went home a couple days later, and we're waiting for the, uh, for the um, biopsy results from the pathologist. And I'm trying to talk fast. <laughs> Anyhow, so... Um, she gets these re results, and her dad gets a phone call, and uh, she says, um, go get mom, I want to talk to you both at the same time. Well, you know what we're thinking. So anyhow, he's got his speaker on, and we're standing there, and she says, mom, I've had a miracle. And I said, I know, honey, I know he didn't have to remove your parathyroid. She said, no, mom, I have had a miracle. And she started reading her pathology re results. There was no cancer anywhere in her body. So, she's, so she goes, she's on her way with her dad the next day, and she's getting her port, her drainage port removed, and the surgeon called her. And he said, I have just finished my first surgery, and uh, he said, I want to um, uh, tell you what happened. And he said, I have been so excited to talk to you. He said, um, I got called down to the pathology lab, and there were five, Mayo has five pathologists. They were all called in. They took her, her thyroid gland that had, had been biopsied. They still had the cancer cells with the biopsy because it was frozen. They took it. They tore it all apart, put it under microscopes. They took the glands, tore them all apart. Uh, when she went back like a month later for her, her uh, post-op, uh, the uh, endocrinologist said they just tore the tissue all over. And so anyhow, the head pathologist said to him, Dr. Carson, he said, we can't find the cancer. So he took, a, took Dr. Carson over to the uh, biopsy results and showed him, uh, you know, they, they were the cancer cells. And the pathologist said, doctor, this girl has cancer. And the surgeon told Cindy, he said, not anymore, she doesn't. <laughs> she had an absolute, complete healing of everything. And there are no, then she went for a... Um, she went for a test about a few weeks later. They do those PET scans. She has not one cancer in her body. So I wanted to tell you guys this because you know how sometimes you think, and this is the wrong thing to say, I know, but God proves himself to us. And I think testimonies, I had a healing years and years ago, and I think testimonies like this are so important to let you all know there is a God and he does love you. And he's still in the miracle business. Wow, that was awesome. Brother Steve, you tricked me there. So <laughs> okay, who else? Okay. This guy. After that story, I had to come up here and talk to you about uh, my situation and what we're going through right now. Uh, I've been all over the world coaching and uh, uh, having ups and downs and everything I've done. 
but I never uh, envisioned uh, a phone call I got from my daughter who lives in San Diego who has cancer, okay? Um, she has been in rehab for about six, eight weeks uh, totally, and yesterday I got a call from her that she has been, she has been told she's, she's cancer-free. There, there are a lot of losses in my life in athletics, but boy, when, when she called me and told me that, I just jumped in my lake and, and just, I couldn't believe it. So I, I, I'm going to have a very, very good Christmas. And she, she is going to be here. She's going to, you people will be able to meet Kelly. And uh, thank you, God. Wow, praise the Lord. And come on down. So good to see you. This is semi-long. Um, I summer in Wisconsin, and we were due, we normally we drive there, and we were due to um, fly back. I mean, yeah, drive drive our car back. And I already knew my husband was physically um, not real healthy, and I had issues. Um, with my thumbs, and so I lined up a neighbor from the cabin to drive us back, which was the first miracle. And she made her plane reservation, she had her motel reservation, and then my husband had, um, his aortic valve was damaged because of an infection. Um, Urinary tract infection, went, which went in, urinary tract infection, which went into his blood and it damaged his aortic, aortic valve, and he had to have the surgery, the one where they crack open the sternum. Seventy-nine years old, he survived that, and then he. Um, so first of all, people from my church just started coming forward when I came back from the emergency room with his first surgery. Somebody showed up. Um, like 10 minutes after I got home, and they said, what can I do to help you? Maybe I should sit down. <laughs> can I sit down? Because my legs are shaking. So then, he started to bleed. We didn't know what it was at first. His blood pressure dropped. He had to be um, airlifted back to the hospital where he had the first surgery. So in less than three weeks, he had um, two open-heart surgeries, and with the second one, the, the surgical PA told me later, if his blood pressure hadn't dropped and the large clots had not sealed up the, um, the it was like an um, incision hole, it kind of stretched out, and it was the aorta, and that was where he was bleeding from. So he survived that, and then part of the miracle that happened was he started, um, he became more humbled and kind of more gentle. He was able to say to me um, that he loved me, where I was in 32 years of marriage, he never said that um, first to me. And he called me from the hospital and he played a, the song that was um, sung at our wedding so he just had miraculous changes in his character. 
and then, so then he came home and to the, still at the cabin, and he, I could see, I saw, I, he's not saved. I witnessed him praying two different times. And then what happened next, he was on blood thinner and he fell. And I heard the big thump. And I went out there and his only injury was um, kind of a gouge in his upper lip. And he, he bled, of course, from that. But he said to me, I feel like something broke my fall. And I felt like, I'd already felt like God was telling me that I needed to tell him, I've never known anybody who God loved more than him because he has spared my husband's life numerous times with very serious things. And so I said, I, you know, I felt like um, God or angels had broken his fall. And he then later said to me, I feel like something broke my fall. So in addition to that miraculous thing going on with my husband, logistically it was difficult to arrange for getting him back to the cabin and the cabin closed and everything picked up outside, all these you know, tons and tons of physical work. So many, many people came forward from the church and they helped me and logistically everything went really well, lining up a plane, being driven to the motel, being driven to the airport, being driven up to get my car, having people from this church unload my car. So it was just numerous, numerous miracles. But I think, the, of course, the biggest one is that I feel like my husband is close to me. <laughs> close, he's seeking, I believe he's seeking the Lord. So that's, that's a miracle for him. That's the biggest miracle. So thank you. Hi, my name is Tammy, and uh, my husband Kevin and I have been coming to Vero forever, but we bought a condo here like three years ago, and so we have a place in Michigan, we have friends in Indiana, but what I am thankful for today is prayer. Kevin and I are all over the place, and probably every day, every other day, I'll get a text from someone in Indiana or Michigan or Florida. Fort Myers, asking for prayer, and it's a very humbling for me, humbling thing to, re, to receive a request and to be able to go directly to the throne room of our Lord and pray with thanksgiving, with our requests. I am just so thankful for what Jesus did on that cross, that that veil was torn and we now have direct access to our Lord. Thankful for that. Is anyone else feeling grateful today? Vicki.
Hi, my name is Vicki, and I wanted to say that about a week and a half ago, I received word that a dear friend of mine had passed away. And I started thinking about how long she'd been in my life. It had been over 20 years, and we met at a time when I was not saved. I was in a very dark place, and I was mean. I wasn't, I was just not a good person to be around. And my friend Susan, she saw past all of that, and she did things behind the scenes for me that I needed. She gave me support. She showed me the love of Christ that nobody else would have been able to put up with someone who was behaving the way I was. I was just in a very dark place. And from that, our friendship grew, and we... We were looking forward to being able to spend time together now that she was back from her summer adventures in New York, but she, uh, that's not meant to be, but it makes me appreciate and be thankful that the Lord knows exactly who to put in our lives and when to put them there, who we need, and who is, who's going to be there for us, and I look out and I see so many faces out here, and I hope that I can show you the love that Susan showed me when I needed her most. And I'm, I'm thankful for God knowing exactly who and where we need to spend our time with. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, I have a young man coming down. I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm thankful that the Lord saved me from death back in 2005 before Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans, Louisiana. I was there and I was uh, shot at three times and the Lord you know, he, took, he saved me from that. I had like angels around my head and I felt the bullets just getting fanned and blocked away. From that point on, I turned my life to the Lord and I never turned around. I moved to Vero Beach. I got my business 15 years, my beautiful wife, Lucina, she's back there and my two beautiful boys at home. So I'm thankful. Praise the Lord, wow. My name is Loretta, and I'm relatively new. I started coming about a month ago. But on August 16th, my, hus my ex-husband passed away. But the miracle is that all the years, we were married for 30 years, and he never would consider salvation. He said, I'm a good guy. I'm a Boy Scout. I'll get there. And so it was like it was closed, but my son who lives here in Vero, 
talked his dad into coming and staying here. So we've been friends for 23 years with you know my ex-husband and I. But um, he was sitting, after he got the news that he had cancer in his lungs, in his liver, um, renal failure, and he had just a matter of weeks. So he was sitting out in the front lawn feeling no pain. He didn't need any pain medication, which, which was kind of a miracle, but my grandson sat with him and talked to him about the Lord. And he says his answer was, well, if there's a heaven, I'll be there. And he said, Grandpa, are you sure? Are you sure? Well, that night, he was having a hard time sleeping. And my daughter-in-law, who has six kids, um, sat down next to him and started to talk to him. And he said, well... I don't know, it just, people start talking this Christianese and I don't understand. But she had led several little kids to the Lord. So she gave him the gospel, simple, clear. And he said, I get it, I'm ready. So then the next morning he woke up and he says, I, I want to be baptized. So, you know, he had fought it for like 40 some years. So... He passed away a week and a half later. But he had no pain until like three days before he passed. He didn't need any pain medication. And he kept talking about how he was at such peace. So it was neat that we don't have to worry about him. We thought surely he'd be lost. But the Lord used a grandson and my daughter-in-law to, to simplify and lead him to the Lord. Amen. Keep, keep praying for those folks that don't know the Lord. 46 years came to know Christ. Anyone else? I just want to remind you, hold the, hold the mic close to your mouth. Um, my name is Ginger, and I want to say how thankful I am for the small things that God does. A few years ago, I was driving home from a friend's house with two plates of turkey dinners that um, I was going to give to two of my friends that weren't able to come to the dinner. And I was driving, and there was two homeless guys standing by the pizzeria down by where I live. And they used to go to the pizzeria late at night and get free pizza at the end of the night. And everybody knew them. They were very harmless. Um, and all of a sudden, I got a message that said, back of my head, give them the turkey dinners. They need them. So I pulled around, gave them the turkey dinners, and without any forks or spoon or anything, they gobbled them up. It's the little things. We have to feel his presence so that we could become better people because he guides us to be a better person every day. 
So now every Thanksgiving, I try to give some turkey to people that, turkey dinners for people that I, even if I just pass them by. Um, this Thanksgiving, I'm having a small Thanksgiving dinner where I just moved, the place that I just moved to, to some of the ladies that have befriended me and have changed my life by introducing me to the church and to how they give me the support that I need. And I never realized how important it is to have people that love you for just who you are. And I don't have to prove anything to them. And it's just heartwarming. I want to thank them very much. So I was in a bad place when I first moved to where I moved to. And they've changed my heart and opened it to Christ. And um, that, that's it. Just the littlest things could make a big change in people's lives. I'm thankful for this lady right here who's going to come up and share. My beautiful wife. Good morning. I just wanted to say um, there's so many things. We all know there's so many things that we can be thankful for. But today, I'm thankful for you. And the Lord just reminded me of the lyrics of an old song. Lou, you probably are going to know this. And it says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side, for I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God. And I bless you, and I thank you today. Good morning. I'm Keith Morgan. My wife, Shirley, is here and uh, two things um, Shirley and I are going to celebrate a special occasion uh, this evening with our son and our daughter-in-law that lives here in town and I didn't know I'd have an opportunity to share that same uh, celebration with hundreds of people but at any rate Shirley and I will have been married 58 years <laughs> tomorrow so I think there probably was some point or points in my life where when I was much younger that if I ever thought I'd live to be 58, that would be something pretty, pretty special. But to be married for 58 years is, is truly a, a blessing. And uh, in saying that, I want to recognize my lovely wife, Shirley. So the other thing, a um, number of testimonies this morning about people who walked through cancer recently or had loved ones, family members that have walked through. Uh, and uh, our, the Morgan household kind of went sideways this year when Shirley was diagnosed with uh, cancer. And I won't belabor that, but uh, that's a incredibly difficult journey. And I know Shirley has said a hundred times that she didn't feel like she could carry on through that situation with the chemo and the radiation without the prayer support. 
So I didn't know I'd get an opportunity to thank everybody. I know starting with the elders, I think Scott mentioned the prayer time that the elders uh, share, and I know Shirley was lifted up uh, continuously during this last 10, 10, 11 months. Thanks to the elders. Thanks to all of you who have uh, prayed for us through this journey, and uh, we're believing she is cancer-free. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Uh, my name's Dan. Um, just wanted to say I'm thankful for my wife, uh, and I'll tell you all about the miracle. I, it was a miracle that we met. But uh, first of all, I was single for many years here in Bureau, and uh, uh, we got married when I was 39, but people used to ask me all the time, and just I felt like I knew everybody, and, and they'd ask me, Dan, why aren't you married? What, what, what's the matter, Dan? Why aren't you married? I got so sick of it. <laughs> and, and I finally, I, I made something up. I, well, I figured I'd just wait and do it once. And about half of them would really get quiet after that, you know, because <laughs> they didn't. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, but so my wife and I were, uh, well, we were both on Facebook, and we were both friends with someone else. And I had on Facebook, which I don't, I'm not even barely on there anymore, but I, I had in my profile somewhere in there, it says, put something in that, you know, what, what's really important to you? And I put on there that I, I thought, I said, I, I, it's very important to me to have a personal prayer relationship with Jesus. And, uh, I, you know, people have been telling me, Bible studies here and there, and uh, put, your, put it out there. And, uh, um, and, and then I, I'd prayed for five months, too, for, you know, people told me, well, pray for who you're looking for. Pray for the woman you're looking for. And I'll do it. And I did. And anyways, she sent me a message one day, just happened to send me a message, say, said, I think it's great that you put out there what you did about Jesus. And that's when we met. <laughs> and it started from there. So I'm thankful for, for that. Either Dan keeps getting taller or I'm getting shorter each week. I am shrinking. Any, anybody else? Scott, I know we're trying to, we're Scott. I know we're trying to keep an eye on the time. It's quarter after. What do you think? Okay, anybody else? Tim, you have that look on your face. You're biting your tongue. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm uh, real thankful for this, the fellowship. You know, we, uh, we have a men's Bible study. We have a Wednesday night morning service. Now, all the men come together, as many as we can get in the room. And we really enjoy that fellowship because, you know, it's that point in time in our lives that when you're going through some of these sufferings and some of these tough times, that you have somebody standing next to you or somebody you can bounce something off of and say, you know what, that's a good, strong believer there. I need to maybe get some confirmation from him on how he dealt with this situation. And the Lord leads us to individuals to do that. And we call that iron sharpens iron. 
So I encourage you, men, sorry, ladies, men, to please come Wednesday morning and Monday nights. It's a major blessing in your life. You'll always remember those times, and you'll miss them if you don't show up. Thank you. I don't know if you, you saw, I slipped him a 20 to say that. <clears throat> anyway, um, anyone else like to share? All right, brother. First of all, I'm going to need everybody's protection when the service is over because my wife told me if you get out of that seat, I'm going to, and I spilled milk all over my shoe, but that's not stopping me. I figured everybody needed a good bear story. What do you think, Ray? Okay. We're in North Carolina at our cabin, and um, I said to my wife, I'm going to go for a walk. And she said, well, there's a miracle upon itself. You're going to go for a walk. I said, yes, I am. So there's this walk you take, and it's probably a mile and a half or so, and you go up in front of the golf course, and you come back around, and there's S-turns get you back to my house. So I'm walking up there, and, and I see this brand new F-150 truck. Well, I'm a former car guy in my other life. And um, I, I stopped to look at the truck. Well, I'm looking at the truck, and I look over to my right. As close as Ray is to me right here, there's three bears. And I'm a city boy. I saw bears in a book. I've never seen one up close. <laughs> so I looked, and I said, oh, this can't be good. But I started to pray to myself that I don't know what to do, but I know I shouldn't run. I should, you know, walk. So I said, I'm going to just walk with the Lord. Okay? So I start to walk, and I come to the end, and I said, hey, I got away from that situation. And I'm at the end of the road, and to get back to my house, you got to go with, through a series of S-turns to get back to my house. Well, I make the S-turns, now I'm on a dirt road, and as I get up heading up to go that way, there's the bear with the two cubs, and she's up on her, you know, I said, oh, okay, uh, I think I'll go this way, and the lots in North Carolina, where we're from, they're like this here, I mean, you're going to go that way, you're going to go that way, so I started to walk that way, and sure enough, over I go, right onto a rock, and knocked all my teeth out in the front. So these are mine. <laughs> they will be, but uh, these are just rentals. But th through that, I could not, I could not have made it through that because I'm, you know, I'm well over uh, 21 years old, <laughs> and and I'm and I'm and getting a little feeble. So Patty tells me I'm getting a little feeble, but I, I will tell you that through that situation, I got close to the Lord in a hurry. Because that's the only way I got out of there. Because when, when I fell down and knocked my teeth out, they went through my, and there was blood everywhere. And I said, oh, this, this, this bear is going to love this. And the bear was gone. So I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit was with me that day. Amen. Amen. All right. Obviously, the Lord has a sense of humor as well. <clears throat> So, oh, come on now, Peggy. And I think this might be the last one. Peggy will close us out with the testimonies. 
Um, I too have a cancer story, but that's not why I'm up here. Um, I am thankful, number one, for my salvation and for the Lord um, giving me grace and mercy every time, um, every time. And um, as far as my cancer story, I was stage three. Um, I didn't believe the doctor when he said I had it before they did the MRI or anything. And um, so when he told me like two weeks later that I had it, I started crying. And he's like, why are you crying? I told you you had it. And I'm like, I just didn't believe it. And um, so I was I was a little distraught. Um, and I was going to look through my, um, I wanted to do the natural way. I just felt like that's what I should do. And my husband, Michael was like, no way you're not doing that. And I'm like, okay. So, um, that weekend, and I hadn't even been in my Bible lately, um, at that point. And so I, um, oh, it does work if you hold it up here. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, so that weekend, um, the Lord took me to Philippians, and it is the one that, um, the first chapter there, it's talking about um, serving the Lord, and it was when with Paul when he was, um, see, I, I need to review my testimony, um, but it was talk about suffering, how, you know, he was telling them that if you suffer for Christ, um, that, that that's the big, the greatest thing. And, uh, the Lord just showed me how, you know, I was going to go through some suffering, but it was all okay. And so, um, that then and there, I decided, well, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna do the natural way. I don't care. And, um, so we'll go Michael's way. And, um, so anyway, he healed me of cancer. It, it, it was um, only like six treatments. Um, however, the chemotherapy, people would talk about um, chemo brain. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to have that. I don't believe that. Well, it's a true thing. And um, my mind has not been the same ever since. And they told me that after a while, my mind would, um, after like five or six years, that it would come back. And it's been uh, either five or six years now, and it hasn't come back. And so um, I just want to praise God that he has shown me um, how to live in this different circumstance, and I can't do the things I used to do. I can't um, have too many things on my plate, and um, now he's given me um, a serving position, and um, not a position, but it's um, where I can serve the Lord, and I can grow in him and grow in that measure, and um, I love this church. I love everybody in here. I um, I'm blessed to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, the Lord is good. When is he good? All the time. We need to remember that. It's easy to praise. It's easier to praise God when we're on the mountaintop. But we need to praise him and we should praise him even when we're in the valleys. As a matter of fact, when we trace our lives, we'll see that the, the times that we've drawn the closest to the Lord, not just in our understanding of him, but in our affections for him and our love for him, 
are during those valleys. So we can thank him for cancer. We can thank him for surgeries. We can thank him for all the, uh, the trials and the struggles that we have because he, he uses it to sift us and to draw us ever closer to him. Amen? So I'm going to turn this over to Scott. Oh, you're good. Yeah, this is, uh, thank you. Well, Ray, you kind of stole my thunder there. But, uh, you know, what a wonderful time with the family today, the family of God. Even with, you know, crazy Uncle Jerry and, and all those things, you know, we, we, everybody's got one. Love you, Jerry. Um, can you hear me okay? Okay. Um, I want to just share, you know, we've heard so many wonderful things about testimonies of miracles and uh, things just how God has moved in your lives. And I, uh, I want to offer you some encouragement because not all people are going through wonderful times. And we're going to come into a season where uh, you may be entering this holiday season without a loved one, or you may be actually struggling and looking down the barrel at a, 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 a diagnosis that is not so pleasant. You may be struggling with something. Uh, maybe something happened with your family, or there's a, a separation, or uh, things just aren't going quite well. But there's a benefit to Thanksgiving, and I'm going to try to keep this brief. This has been a wonderful time, and I don't want to belabor this. I'll go maybe an hour, and that's about it, but... <laughs> Just kidding, making sure you're awake. Um, one of the true markers of, of believers is a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude. And we obviously want to praise the Lord when things go well, you know, but I even was talking to a brother who, who was going through something and he's like, I don't know if I want to give thanks because I, the Lord has his will for me and I, should I give, and I'm, of course you should give thanks, but uh, oftentimes it's hard, it's difficult. Um, I'll read a few scriptures for you. Ephesians 5.20 says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. These are commandments. Through, and then Hebrews 13.15 says, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. It, it's, it's, it's important that we give thanks for many things. It's some, of, some of the no-brainers are the miracles. And uh, we give thanks for God's provision, his justice, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness. But these are all seem to be positive things. that They're, they're kind of things that we, we know we're going to be grateful for, miracles and such. But as Ray alluded to earlier when he spoke, uh, there are certain, there's a certain attitude of a believer that must have thanksgiving throughout all times because God is gracious and through his hand of providence, though through trials and through good things, we must always have that attitude. So I'd like to bring you um, to a passage. If you want to open your Bible, this is going to be brief. But take you to Philippians. This is kind of where the Lord led me last night, and I was planning on talking a little bit longer, but I'm going to kind of keep this a little more concise. But if you follow along with me, Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 5, I'll give you a moment to get there. And I just want to give you some background as you're looking that up. This is written to the church in Philippi by Paul, who at the time was imprisoned. So he understood what it was to be under trial, and he understood what it was to, uh, to rejoice and be gracious, as the part of this says. 
So Philippians 4 verses, and we're going to start in 5b, which is the second half of 5. It says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your purposes or your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I quickly want to give you a, a very quick wrap-up of what this is actually means. If you look at the first part, it presupposes that something's going on, that someone's in a trial. When it says, do not be anxious, that means that presupposes something is going on that is making you anxious, something you're worried or concerned about or fretting about. And so there's a situation there. So not everything is peaches and roses. It continues on, and look at the word, in, but in everything. And that means everything. That means every situation we're in, whether it's good or bad, this is instruction from Paul to the church, from the Lord to us. It says, in everything, by prayer. Now notice here, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's one giant run-on there. It's not with prayer and supplication. It's prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Gratitude is part of our believer's walk. It's how we should approach the throne, and that's with thanksgiving. We always need to remember that, and it's not just when good things are happening. Clearly here, it's when things are not, you know, not going well. So as we continue on, it says, well, we, we want to know what the result is. So kind of the, the, the big picture of what I'm trying to tell you is that prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, giving thanks to the Lord for the situations we are in and the situations that we have around us will result in something. What is the result? The result is an incomprehensible peace that guards us. The word guard there really means it's a military term to take into protective custody. So we pray to the Lord, give thanksgiving in our heart for whatever circumstance we're in right now. And the Lord will protect us, take our heart and mind. Notice it says two things, hearts and minds. He'll keep us at peace and he will protect our thoughts when we come to him with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. It's, a, it's an attitude of gratitude, people like to say. But as we come into this season, I know for a fact that there's people going to be uh, coming into this time that, that are, are not coming off the tail end of a miracle. And they're not coming off the tail end of something. They're facing something heavy. In this room, I guarantee it. And so let's just remember as we, um, you know, the band's going to come up for one more song. And as we kind of listen to this last song, and then we have Brother Bruce, one of our elders, is going to close us down after that song with a brief devotional. But as we listen to this song, it's, it's all about the shepherd that Christ is. Look at the lyrics because it talks about being in a darker time, being in a valley, and then leaning on Christ. And as we do that, we want to remember that we are to be thankful. We are to be grateful Christians, obviously for his salvation. But even in the times of darkness, we know that God's hand of providence is moving. And there's a reason that God will bring glory to the situation uh, even in the darker times. So I think it's critical that we make sure we understand that we always are to have a heart of gratitude. Does that make sense? Amen, Amen church? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and worship with this last song, okay? Yes, please stand with us.
the shadows surround me, I will not be
Good morning. You may be seated for, for this. You're going to be here a while. I'm just kidding. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. And in it, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, the first time I read this verse as a believer, I really, I could certainly understand praying without ceasing, but I had a hard time processing being joyful always and giving thanks in all circumstances because things weren't always good. And so I struggled with that because it didn't seem natural. And I never saw it. Well, 20 years ago, this, about this time of year, um, after I had been a, a believer, after I had started following Jesus um, about a year before that, uh, I was attending church service, and our pastor, he was standing on the stage with, in bleachers. There was a little piece of bleachers there, and it was a message about, you know, getting into the game, getting out of the bleachers and getting into the game. And what he was talking about was, was it's not enough just to, you know, experience God's goodness. We are to get into the game and to be part of God's goodness. And it was during the holiday season. And so he was encouraging the church to, to get involved and to serve during, during the season, to show God's love. And so I was inspired. I had, you know, I just been a believer for a year. I was just attending church. I wasn't serving in any way at all. And so uh, they had a couple of programs for you to get involved with and serve. And and uh, one of them was called Friends of the Family. And the way the way this program worked is that there was families that were under resourced that um, you know needed some assistance for Christmas. And so people could choose a family. Um, and could, they could choose a family size and location, then you would go and buy a gift for the children of that family. And so that seemed like a really good first serving opportunity for me, and one that my boys could participate in as well. They were three and five at the time, and, and I thought it was a great opportunity for them to learn that Christmas just wasn't about receiving, it was also about giving. And so I selected a family that I didn't know, um, it was a husband and wife and, and three children. I, I only selected them because they lived close to where we lived. And so it was uh, uh, Sue and Kevin were the husband and wife, and, and I contacted Sue just to find out, you know, about their family, their kids. And uh, they had three kids that were ages seven, eight, and three months. And uh, she shared with me what was going on with their family at the time. And uh, her husband, Kevin, had, uh, had recently been diagnosed with bone marrow cancer, uh, and he had to leave his job. He could no longer work, and, and she had to, to quit her job to take care of him. And so they were, they were really living on food stamps. And uh, they had a six-month-old baby, or th three-month-old, um, and, uh, and, and the baby had just gotten out of the hospital after being there for three weeks with pneumonia. And so while she was a believer, you know, she said that her faith was waning. Uh, but she also said that, that her, her husband was very, very far from God, that he, he could not understand how God could allow all of this to be happening. So I, I really didn't know what to do with that. I just knew that 
I was part of this program was to buy gifts for the children. So she shared with me what their interests were. So I took my boys out. Uh, we went to Toys R Us, you know, before the whole Amazon thing came into play. We got to go out and shop. And I explained to the boys why we were doing this. And, you know, usually you go to Toys R Us with, with kids that age. And, you know, can I get this? Can I get this? Can I get this? And I remember they were in the cart. Uh, I was pushing the cart around. And they were so good. They, you know, they didn't say they wanted anything. They knew why we were there and, and got some gifts. And I was just so thankful to God that he just softened their hearts to help them to understand the, the meaning and spirit of Christmas beyond just gifts for them. And so then I wanted to get also something for Sue and Kevin. And so I, I got Sue a gift certificate for the, the local grocery store and I really thought about, gosh, what do, you, what do you get a man that's been diagnosed with a terminal disease? And so the only thing that I could think of getting him was a Bible. And so I uh, put the gifts together, and I just put a little note of encouragement, and I delivered the gifts to Sue. Uh, and she was grateful for that. And, um, and then, you know, I didn't hear anything from them, nor would I, was I expecting to. But in, in July of that year, I received a phone call from a woman who identified herself as Sue's sister. And she said that Sue wanted her to give me a call to let me know that Kevin had passed away that day. But that she wanted me to know how overwhelmed and thankful Kevin was that a complete stranger could have been so generous to his family. And she also wanted me to know that that Bible that I gave him, he read every day. And in fact, they had picked out a couple of his favorite passages to read at his upcoming memorial service. I was overwhelmed. I still remember where I was standing in my parents' house in California. I was visiting them for the summer. I remember everything around me at the time. Your husband just died. You've got three kids to take care of. And you're thinking about what I did and wanted to give thanks for that. God helped me see what giving thanks in all circumstances looked like. As I've matured in my faith over the years, I've become confident in embracing all of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And I've also become confident and thankful for all of God's promises, but especially the promise that he gives in Romans 8, 28. That in we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we lift up Pastor Greg to you and ask that you would comfort him, put your healing hand on him and restore his health. We thank you for causing this last-minute change in our service to work together for our church family's good and having members of our family share their testimonies of their gratitude to you.
And we thank you mostly for the unconditional and sacrificial love that you showed us by leaving your place in heaven to come to our world to die for our sins so that we could have fellowship with you today and for eternity. We love you, we praise you, and we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. So um, if you have any prayer requests, uh, uh, elders and prayer partners will be up here uh, to pray with you. Uh, and so I just ask that you all leave here today expressing your gratitude to our Holy Father by being joyful always, praying without ceasing, and giving thanks in all circumstances. Thank you all. God bless you.